All right, welcome to season three of the My First Year Story podcast. This is our first episode of the season, and today we have Madeline Kaiser, founder of Yukon Swap Shop and owner of Kaiser's Collection. Thanks for joining us on this snow day. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Good. We are very excited to have you on the podcast, especially with sort of the season focusing on students creating spaces for themselves. We're so lucky that this year we have an addition of the Yukon Swap Shop to campus that I know has been very popular among students being away in the fall didn't get a chance to use it and so uh, I was able to step in for the first time this semester and it's really great what you've done with the space. Thank you I appreciate it. Sort of just to start us off I'm really interested how did you get interested in fashion like has this been a passion from day one for you I'm like a big I love me um, watching the spring and summer collections and stuff so like where did it start for you? Yeah, so ever since I was little, my grandma would take me to the thrift store. So, like, that's... I've been thrifting since I was, like, super young. And I just, like, enjoyed going to the thrift store, like, finding cool items. And then, like, my grandma and I would, like, go back to, like, her house. And we'd, like, create outfits together. And she would, like, always encourage me to wear different things or things that most people wouldn't be wearing. Or if I, like, kind of felt embarrassed to wear something specific, she'd be like, no, like, that looks good. Like, you should wear it. So kind of just being with my grandma and she had her own business. So being inspired from her and kind of just, you know, always going to the thrift store. So I was always interested in clothes. Yeah, because you are an entrepreneur yourself with Kaiser's Collection. Yes, exactly. Um, And so... Your grandma is this person. What was describe her style? Like, what was she like? So she she would wear like the craziest shirts, like very like Y two K, like a lot of design, a lot of pattern, like a lot of like beading. Like her shirt told the story, and then she would always just wear like basic like pants, but she was always wearing like cool tops, and she also had like really good shoes. So she and bags and bags. Oh. So she, yeah, you gotta have a bag. Yeah, she was killing it. But yeah, she really inspired me to kind of just wear whatever I felt comfortable in. So. And how would you describe your style in like three words? Oh God. Um, I f- okay. So when I like dress, I really try to think about how I'm feeling, and I think that's a huge reason why I love fashion because you can really tell someone how you're feeling by the way you're you're dressing. Um, so I would definitely say it depends on the day. But I would say, like, like edgy, gothy, fairy vibes. Oh, sweet. And yeah, that's that's what I would say. So I love it. I agree with you. I love clothes, too. Like, I swear to God, I have so many. But I recently did a project that was looking at communities and sort of what unite us without even speaking words in fashion, I think is one of the ways we communicate without even opening our mouths. And so recently, as we've seen, I don't know, fashion has gotten crazier, I think, in the pandemic when everyone else, you weren't like really going out in the world, so you were really able to like play and experiment. And thrifting really allows you to do that because you're not getting the same clothes everyone else's. That's we're looking at like dead stock or things that have been there for a long time that aren't necessarily made anymore or even as well made which i think is the best part and we get we're getting this like eclectic styles i think is so cool yeah it's exciting to see that more people are thrifting and even using the swap shop because if you're like oh i could possibly wear this x y and z and then you know you can re-swap that or 
redonate that. Um, so I think that's the beauty of the swap shop. You're able to like try out different styles and kind of play around with what you want to wear. Yeah, it's like a giant. It's almost like a giant community closet on campus, exactly. which I think is. A way, it's totally a way of bringing people together, mm-hmm. I think, because we're all wearing each other's clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do, What is, like, the best piece, like, you think that's come in? Or what do you, what is, like, oh, my God, this is such a gem when people donate? We've had a few. I mean, a lot of people, I think we had two people donate Doc Martens, like, brand new. And then the other pair was, like, lined with fur. Oh, my God. And, then, like, I mean, some people bring in, like, good vintage items that I don't think they realize they're like vintage so I mean I'm like oh my god this is crazy like this is so good yes so for the listeners who don't who aren't familiar when did Kaiser's collection start and how did did Kaiser's collection sort of inform what you were doing with the swap shop are they two different like projects yeah okay so I started Kaiser's collection I believe in 2020 2021 and I was part of uh, the F3 program, which was a female freshman entrepreneurship program at UConn. So throughout that program, you were tasked to define a problem and create a solution, particularly within like business. So um, I hosted a clothing swap in my hometown, and then I knew I wanted to bring that to UConn. So I started hosting multiple pop-up events, and then it kind of grew into me realizing that it would be really cool to have a permanent on- on-campus space. So that after I I leave, like, there's something here. Yeah. So they're technically separate, but, I mean, one inspired the next project, so. Yeah, and creating a home for, like, a home base for something, because pop-ups are great, but having actual infrastructure exactly. is really important to sort of cement this place that so it doesn't go away when you leave, like you said. What was mm-hmm. that process like, acquiring that space through the Worth Institute, right? There's different grants that you can be approved for and stuff. So could you walk the listeners through that sort of process? Yeah, of course. So there's various grants uh, like offered through UConn. It's just a matter of you finding them. Right. Because they like to have money. <laughs> but there's so many wars and grants out there. It's crazy. But I applied for the idea grant. I don't even know how to explain that. But it's just basically if you have an idea, you apply for it. Right. So I got money through them. And then I also applied to with two other uh, co-founders the sustainability grants so we got two grants and with the help of the worth institute and throughout just writing the project proposal for the grant we were able to use our leverage to kind of get a space on campus so yeah yeah to be honest to this day i'm not exactly sure how it really happened they had a meeting they had a meeting they had the, the report they were like okay we like this idea we'll give you this space and i was like Okay. And you stayed consistent too, you know, it's like seeing one of the hard parts I think about this like hidden money or uh, uh, not resources being inaccessible to students here is that it's hard to see something through and have that um, persistence. Is that the right word? Yeah. Or like perseverance because it can be, was it challenging? Like, did you run into roadblocks on the way? Yeah. I think that's a huge thing. Cause I mean, my initial idea with the project was to create a student organization out of it and kind of use the resources there to keep, to build structure and also keep it running after I leave. Yeah. But unfortunately, like, they approved the Constitution and a week before school started, they basically was like, we can't allow you to be an organization, Um, you are paying workers. So I think there's a lot of, like, rules that 
a lot of students don't know about, including myself. That's something I realized throughout the entire process. Like there's certain things you can and cannot do. And especially when like money's involved and yeah. taxes are involved, it gets so much more complicated. So there's definitely challenges with that. And there are still challenges with the university on that. So hopefully we can, you know, allow students to start purchasing things. Yeah. So, yeah. If you could go back in time and sort of like tell the beginning of this project, Madeline, like what not to do, what would you tell her? I would tell her to have a plan B. Yeah. Have a plan B because I was set on becoming a club and seeing that through and then last minute that failed. Right. So I think like having a plan B would have been a lot more helpful for me. Yeah. Um, and increasing the likelihood of students being able to pay for items. But okay, and here's the, and this, I don't know if this is maybe something you agree with me or disagree with, but I think one of the benefits of the swap shop is that it is not necessarily, it's not really an exchange of money for goods. I think that really helps with the sustainability part because you're not taking more than you need. And that's something I think that's hard for me when I go thrifting and, or if I go to like the good, the bins and something where it's like paying for the pound. So money isn't even like in my brain. Uh I just end up with so much, I accumulate so much stuff and there's no way I can, I mean, my closet is, I'm looking over at it right now and it is packed (laughs) to the brim. I'm sure you get it. So I think the swap shop is this opportunity for I mean, people, probably people like me to be like, okay, what do I, what am I not wearing all the time? It allows you to like take stock, yeah. but it, it it is frustrating when things don't go to plan. Yeah. I think, I think there's beauty in not accepting money and, you know, customers coming in and having to make that conscious choice of whether they're going to wear this item over another item or, you know, having to hold something to go back in their closets and reevaluate and really consider what they'll what they will wear more. Yeah. But I do think that we are almost excluding certain people at an extent because, you know, not everyone brings clothing that they don't wear to college or they don't have a card to go back home to get that clothing. True. And, you know, I think money would taking in money would give us better opportunity to source more inclusive clothing as well because we have limited funds so i think you know that was a huge goal of mine as well is being able to accept money so we can source more inclusive items like more plus size items more men men's clothing right so that is something that i think there's pros and cons to either side that makes yeah is there is there hope in the future that this might happen it's more so about getting funding yeah getting the money because at this time we only have x amount of money to do certain things with yes you have to pick and choose your project exactly so i mean yeah the goal is in the future to make that happen because we would like to see more diverse groups of people in the shop for sure yeah and it's hard too when money is not flowing in as much as you want it Mm -hmm. but i think then we can start to lean on our community and if it's not the institution itself so like what does this does the swap shop do anything with other clubs on campus are you guys have you guys become a space for other clubs to come use and make what's the word i'm looking for make use of the space yeah so the first semester was kind of just like figuring out all the logistics so we weren't able to really collaborate as well as i i wanted to but this semester i can happily say that um our communications team and our event planners and all of the, all of our team is doing a really good job of outreach and connecting with different clubs. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to be collabing with Project Fashion to do a fashion show. I mean, a 
a photo shoot, sorry, in our space. So that's really exciting. Um, we're also going to be partnering with the career development space to have like a rack full of professional clothing for the career fairs and a few other collaborations coming down the way. So I'm really excited to like definitely connect and collaborate with more clubs at UConn. I think that's super important. Yeah, I think that is the part that sucks the most about this whole situation. I think we're in with the UConn tuition and all the funding because it feels like sometimes that people are too short-sighted to realize how what a wealth of a resource UConn is for students um, who live in Connecticut, but who mainly live in Connecticut and, but, and those who also live outside of Connecticut as being an alternative. I mean, when I came to school here, it, I came to school here because I could afford it. And it's presented me with so many opportunities, just the place on campus, like working in the rec center, I'm now like have different certifications teaching as an instructor or even finding friends and stuff like that. And so when things like the swap shop happen on campus, it makes us, regardless of money and the institution, it makes us as a community of students richer. And so I encourage you and other listeners to, if you have an idea of something like this, to go and find that path, because the more we sew back into our people, I guess, the better it is for all of us here on campus. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, like, something I realized, too, not only if, like, once you start looking into different resources you kind of have, has, you realize how much there is. And when you network and yeah. you talk to more people, you're like, holy shit, there's a lot to utilize at UConn. And I think, like, talking to people is the best way to kind of, like, figure out about those opportunities. And, you know, if you have an idea, if you have a project, definitely reach out to the Worth Institute. They really support students in a multitude of ways and really can connect you to individuals that may help lead your project or help you along the way. Right. Well, and it is hard because we do start to, we get into our own circles. And then once we find our mm -hmm. comfort zone, we like to stay in it. And so sort of getting out of that and talking to people you might not necessarily talk to on a daily basis or people who have different um, wells of knowledge than you, um, we sort of get stuck. And so that's another thing I'm really super interested in my own practices and stuff I'm doing is looking at our communities on a larger scale. And so how, how do we, how can I start to incorporate more and more people and their things into my practices? And it sounds like that's what the swap shop is doing. Like that's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting to see like um people come in and check it out and like tr almost try it in a sense yeah that's really exciting for me and for all the workers there and especially when they find something or they really enjoy the experience that's like also amazing but yeah I think stepping out of your comfort zone and like talking to people who you know may not have the same major as you or may have this cool idea like I think that's super important not only for yourself but for them as well just connecting with others is a huge thing yeah and when you don't have the cash flow to pay experts and stuff you lean on your friends who know things that are different than you exactly and like these other clubs like this photo shoot that you're doing with project fashion could you talk a little bit more about that yeah so I believe communications team Lexi and Katie they they've been reaching out to a ton of people and I believe they reached out and they Project Fashion was saying that they were doing, planning a fashion shoe and they were like, 
I said to them, I was like, send, send us a mood board of like what you want for this. What's your vision? And we'll like as a team pick out items in the store that we see come in and kind of like almost like make you a style bundle. Yeah. But like for this fashion shoe. So I think I'm really excited. We're still pulling pieces. I believe it's going to be after break. So we're still working on like definitely nailing down the details. But I think it's going to be really, really good and really exciting. So I'm excited for that for sure. And are you a senior? I'm a junior. You're a junior. Okay, so let's like extrapolate. Where do you see the swap shop like a year from now? If money wasn't even like a thought in your mind, what is like the dream? Where's the dream going? Dream would be <laughs> like for this. Okay, my dream would be to have the student, to have the swap shop in the student union. Yeah. And like having a bigger space more dressing rooms, a dedicated like sewing area with like big tables for pattern making and more machines, more like embroidery machines, bigger machines, specific machines that can do specific things. Yeah. So definitely having like the swap shop, sewing area, and also having more student entrepreneurs in the shop or just having a space where students can you know, sell their items without being an LLC. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say bigger space, bigger team for sure. Just kind of making everything bigger. Yeah. And this is, this is really, it's great to hear because as another thing that I sort of believe in is that once you get to a certain place of, let's say, let's call it the success, right? You are investing back into other entrepreneurs who might not know where to start or you're helping them get their start which i think is really cool are you working with student entrepreneurs currently yeah so we have a few student entrepreneurs in the shop we have unfolded um they make recycled jewelry and tote bags we have john b vintage i think that's what it is and he just sells like men's vintage clothing and then we did have a pop-up art event with Laban, so that was really cool. He just makes art and he has it um, on t-shirts, like magnets, all different kinds of art. So we had him as the main feature and then we also had a bunch of different artists featured as well. So that was a really cool event. So is this sort of also like an intersection of your passions as well, fashion and art and all those things? Yeah, I think I love like supporting entrepreneurs, especially students. So I knew that's something that I wanted to incorporate in the store. It's definitely hard though, because if a student isn't considered an LLC, they can't technically be in the shop because they're not collecting taxes. So it goes back to taxes and how do we create this space on campus that gives students the opportunity to, you know, have their informal business where they're not collecting taxes and how can we give them this space where they can kind of try it out and possibly fail, so. That's something that's also quite frustrating. Yeah. So how do you deal with these frustrations and setbacks? Like, is it because growth isn't linear? Like, that's something we know. But yeah, how do you, I don't know, how do you push through? I think like trying to do the best I can with what I have, you know, if there are these restrictions, like trying to go out of my way to find people who fit within them. Yeah. And, you know, I think also thinking outside of the box, you know, like how can we maybe create an event on Fearful Way? Right. 
with these with these informal businesses? How can we do X, Y, and Z? So I think thinking outside of some loopholes. Yeah, loopholes. There's always a loophole. <laughs> So, there always is. so thinking outside of the box and then, you know, also trying to support them in other ways that we possibly can. Yeah, because we're at, if we're asked to work within this system, right? How can we? I don't know if exploit is the right way to say this, but how can we use it to our advantage when Exactly. when we might not be able to? So yeah, as we sort of wrap this conversation up, thank you for coming on here. Yeah, I of think. course. Business student businesses and student run operations like the Swap Shop and Kaiser's Collection make this community so much greater. And I'm a, I'm a really big supporter of UConn because it has become the second home to me. But it is frustrating, I think, for students like us when we hear things from board of trustees or the institution itself that feels like um, resistance to what we want to do. where they should be there for us. So hopefully as the season continues, I think this was a great conversation to start us off. But as we hear from more and more students, maybe someone will start listening and say, oh, maybe we should help them. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. But yeah, thank you, Madeline. And thank you to all of our listeners. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. And roll Huskies. Thank you. Thank you.